Hi, and welcome to the 40 and Infertile podcast. I'm your host, Victoria, at 40 and Infertile on Instagram. I'm a fellow IVF patient, and this is where I share with you my fertility journey in my late 30s and 40s, while also providing you information to minimize your fertility struggles later in life. All right, guys, this is episode nine. And episode nine's all about acupuncture. And I'm going to warn you, this is a long one. <laughs> so I'm sorry, we had a lot of great questions coming in and I wanted to make sure they all got answered. And it was an interesting topic. So um, you you might have to pause this one a few times <laughs> while you're listening and take a break. Um, but today I have Dr. Mimi Lee, a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner of Better Balance Acupuncture. Um, that's based out of here in California. And the reason why I wanted to do this topic is because for a long time, I had wanted to know more about acupuncture and I wanted to know how it could help us in our fertility. So when I saw Dr. Mimi, I thought, why not go to the source? So she agreed to be on the show. And today we talked about the philosophy of Eastern medicine and acupuncture and our fertility and why it might be helpful. We talked about some data behind acupuncture and how it can help us through an IVF cycle or an IUI cycle and uh, what to look for in an acupuncturist when um, you're finding one on your own. Um, for those of you who are wanting more information, if you want to dig deeper, there's actually a really great book. It's called The Infertility Cure by Randine Lewis, PhD. And I will link that in the description um, for you. And it's a really great book. She, um, The author, Randine Lewis, she actually started out in Western medicine. So she went to medical school. And then after some time, she was experiencing her own fertility issues. And she actually switched gears and then um, started to practice in the Eastern medicine track. And she actually went to China and studied acupuncture. And so she has a lot of great recommendations um, for herbal supplements and diet recommendations in the book. She talks about different herbs. Um, she talks about deficiencies. So she has these questionnaires that you fill out. And then you can kind of see what you might be deficient in based on um, her questionnaire. And so um, I think even in there, they, they she might even talk about some acupuncture points. So you might be able to look at this and then bring it to your own traditional Chinese medicine practitioner or your acupuncturist and say, hey, you know, I, I read this book and, you know, based on this questionnaire, it says I might have this and you can see what their thoughts are and, and maybe you know, come up with a plan together for some of your acupuncture points. So I I like the book. It's been a while since I've read it. Um, I'm reading it again now that I'm kind of get, trying to get back into acupuncture a little bit more often. Um, so I'm reading about it a little bit more so I can kind of get a little bit more in-depth knowledge. Um, but if if acupuncture is something that's been on your mind and something you want to know more about, then this might be a good um, good read for you. As always, I'm not a physician, and the information I'm providing you today is for educational and informational purposes only, and is not a substitute for professional medical advice. So always make sure that you consult with your own fertility doctor before choosing any medical therapies that might affect your fertility, particularly when you're in a cycle and you're thinking about adding like herbal supplements and things like that. It's really important that you check with them to make sure there's no interactions or anything like that that they need to be mindful of. Um, some fertility doctors don't want you on any of these herbal supplements while you're in a cycle. So just make sure that you check with your fertility doctor uh, before you make those decisions. As you know, every person's situation is unique. So it is super vital that you discuss your personal situation with your own fertility doctor to decide what's the best course of action for you. Okay, 
So um, coming up, um, I have a lot of really amazing guests coming on and I'm so, so excited about it. So of course, I have the amazing Dr. Amy, the egg whisperer, and also amazing Dr. Murphy's coming back and Dr. Allison Rogers, who's super awesome. She has these really great videos on her feed um, about um, sperm. So she does really, really great videos where she shows you like what good sperm looks like. And then she also has these great videos where she and her daughter um, talk together about some topics. And um, it's, it's a really nice um, thing to kind of see to incorporate the younger generation too, so they kind of understand how things work. Because I think that's kind of how we got to where we are, is that there are things that we never heard or never knew. So this is actually nice where it's coming from the both of them. Um, I also have Elise, the embryologist. So um, she's going to be on to kind of share some of the behind the scenes stuff in the um, IVF lab and some of her own um, experiences that she's seen. So um, I think that will be a lot of fun too. And that'll probably be a multi-part series. Um, I also have some warriors coming on to share their stories of Lucky Baby Lamb. If you don't follow her, you should follow her. She's amazing. She has so much information to share and um, her experiences too. She's just um, a wonderful human. And um, if you don't follow her, she's just about like one of the best supporters you'll ever have in your inner circle. (laughs) So um, she's really great. So she'll be on to share her story, her recommendations, her um, tips and um, suggestions. Cute for fertility is coming back this time. She's bringing her hubby. And um, we're going to talk about what the IVF and infertility experience is like from the male partner's perspective. I think um, sometimes, um, you know, our male partners on the other end of things maybe don't know how to feel or, you know, don't know what that experience is like for other males since we don't really talk about it. So I want to make sure that um, that was on. So we could share that. And I'm going to have Infertility Man. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the posts from him, but he um, is actually a really great voice for um, those suffering with uh, male factor infertility. And he shares his story um, along with his wife. And so, um, you know, I wanted to make sure that we included um, those who are experiencing male factor infertility because we're kind of all on the same journey together and it's no fun at all. But um, I think it's good to have different voices kind of share their experiences. So he'll be on uh, later this month. And we also have Sherry Johnson. She talks about um, the childless life and what that's like. And um, if that's something that is on your path, then uh, we talk more about that and um, what it might mean. And if that's the path for you, then kind of some steps we can do to make that experience as best as possible. Um, so I'm super excited. I have a lot of amazing people coming on and I'm, I'm just so grateful for their generosity and sharing their time, uh, with me. And thank you all for being here and listening as well and helping make this happen. Okay. It's already a really long episode. That's why I'm talking really fast. You know, the drill, share, review, keep sending me questions and suggestions. You know, it's how I can make this better for you. It's how I can make sure I present the information that you want and need is if you keep asking questions and keep making suggestions. And, you know, if you have a question, it's very, very likely that someone else also has that question. So if you ask, you're not just helping yourself, you're helping someone else. Okay. All right. We got all that out of the way. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's really long. I know. I'm sorry. Um, but it has a lot of good information. Hopefully you guys get a lot out of it. And um, let's do this. 
show Dr. Mimi Lee. Um, she is an acupuncturist out of Sacramento, California. And um, Dr. Mimi, thanks so much for joining us today. No, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you. I um, I know Dr. Mimi because um, she's my acupuncturist. <laughs> so yeah, I have, yeah, I have the pleasure of seeing her um, on a semi-regular basis. I'll be completely honest. I don't go as much as I probably should, but we'll kind of tap into that too. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But um, I just kind of wanted to start off with how you actually got into the fertility side of acupuncture. So how did you find yourself working with women and fertility? Oh, it's, it's a full circle. I mean, um, I, I knew I always wanted to be in some form of healthcare. I just didn't know what. And, you know, um, I didn't know what path to take. And, of course, my parents gave me the usual options of either be a dentist, pharmacist, or a nurse. Um, I'm of <laughs> Asian descent, of course. So, yeah, so that's the usual options. But I, I knew that wasn't something for me. I, I had, I, I knew there was something more to just being those usual healthcare professions, which are great, obviously. Um, but I wanted something with more like meaningful hearing people and also having the opportunity to have a work-life balance. There's some importance to that as well. And um, it took me a while to figure out really what I wanted to do. I actually studied to get my esthetician license because I worked in a Korean cosmetic company before. And I... Uh, during the esthetician course, I actually learned something about like face mapping and face mapping that that means like there's a correlation between the person's face and an internal health. And then so when we look at a person's face, we can kind of tell like maybe there's certain internal health issues that we should address um, by just looking at their skin, discoloration, wrinkles or acne in a certain area. That's how we knew. And I thought that was fascinating because it was so accurate. And I just thought I should look more into it. And of course, the uh, foundation of face mapping is Chinese medicine. And I grew up around Chinese medicine throughout my whole life. I, I mean, my mom used to force feed me like herbal concoctions. And then whenever I was sick, I would get cupping. Um, but I never really thought of it as like a profession. I just thought it was kind of so, sort of like a folk medicine. Um, and I mean, it's been used around for centuries, and I know it works because it worked on me. I, I was actually a very sickly kid growing up, and every time I got it done, I felt amazing. And so when I kind of learned about face mapping, I was like, oh, there's something to this. It sounds fascinating. And so I kind of looked up theory, what is Chinese medicine, and I realized, like, Chinese medicine is so much more modernized now. It's It's like... Um, it helps with so much more things than just, you know, tummy ache or like some muscle soreness. Um, and so I actually realized there was universities and I went to like a kind of like an open house to kind of check it out and talk to some teachers and professors. And I was hooked. I was amazed. It, it worked so well. And so um, I jumped head in. I loved it. And I'm still learning to this day. Mm hmm. Yeah. So how'd you work your way into fertility? Uh, actually, I was um, kind of going through Chinese medicine and, of course, always worried about my female health, right? Like I mm -hmm. always had cramps. I had back pain whenever I had my period. I felt fatigue. And I thought that was normal. That's something like every woman goes through. 
Um, I thought it was kind of like a woman's mm-hmm. curse. Right? And then, um, <laughs> but then going through school, I realized that was not normal at all. I, I realized that that's not someone like, that's not something a healthy person would go through actually. Mm-hmm. And so while going through Chinese medicine school, I actually helped with my health. I don't have allergies anymore ever since then. My uh, reproductive health is so much better. I don't have cramps anymore. Minor fatigue, depending on how like, I work myself each month. But I just total change after a few months of Chinese medicine school and actually getting acupuncture and herbal uh, treatment for myself. And mm-hmm. that's kind of where the my curiosity grew. I'm like, okay, well, you know, women's health is so complex. How can I um, help other people with these issues? Because I know, I didn't know that this was, you know, not normal. Like a lot of women still don't know that this is not normal to feel this way. And mm-hmm. so how do I actually incorporate that and, you know, help other people? And so mm-hmm. um, I actually had these professors that, that put me under their wing and, and they're like uh, professionals and specialized in women's health in the Bay Area. And um, I learned a lot from them and how to treat certain issues under them. And from then on, I was in Chinese medicine for fertility health. And I worked a lot with the IVF in the Bay Area. So that's where I get my experience from. Yeah. No, I so I think there's one thing that we should probably talk about. And I think there's a lot of um, maybe um, unknown with how... Um, acupuncture helps fertility. So maybe let's start with like the difference between like Eastern philosophy of medicine and Western philosophy of, of medicine. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. I I am not a practitioner of Eastern medicine. So please tell me if I'm like mistaken. But um, as far as I understand, Western philosophy of, me- of medicine is like structure and function. If there's something wrong with the structure, it's not functioning correctly, you go in and fix that structure, right? And then um, in Eastern philosophy of medicine, as I understand it, it's a balance of energy, right? The yin yang and the kind of like, um, I forget, it's like the the life energy, right? That you have running through you. Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah. um, So uh, the difference between Western and Eastern medicine is Western kind of uh, is divided into multiple categories, right? Um, If you, if you had a head, head issue, you'd actually go to like a doctor that specializes in head injuries or whatever, or cardiovascular disease, you go to cardiovascular doctor. Um, in Chinese medicine or Eastern medicine, we actually look at everything as a whole. Why are you feeling this way? How are we going to help you balance yourself? We don't look at you separately, like by parts. We're actually looking at you as a whole. And to treat that, we really work closely with the nervous system or the central nervous system to balance uh, it out and help your body actually heal itself. We actually don't have any magic to us or anything, but we actually help to stimulate certain acupuncture points that help to um, let your body know that it needs to heal this area using its natural healing abilities. And how we do that is work with blood circulation, balance of hormones, and um, neuro, uh, helping you fire neurotransmitters to release serotonin and other hormones to kind of help with pain relief and inflammation of the body. So there's multiple different ways that we can do it, um, but that's kind of how Eastern medicine looks at everything. We look at everything as a whole. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then as far as um, acupuncture and fertility, how does acupuncture um, help fertility? Um, so basically, acupuncture really 
works with the hypothalamus pituitary and ovarian axis kind of to balance the hormone itself. We help to lower the inflammation, um, lower stress levels, nourish follicular growth by improving blood flow to the ovaries or your lower abdomen. Uh, we help increase endometrial lining, which is very important if you're going through IVF or trying to you know, get pregnant. Or um, we also help to increase cervical mucus, regulating like healthy ovulation to increasing libido, which is also very important if you're trying to um, conceive as well. And not just uh, working with female health, but also with male health. Um, you know, a lot of uh, men actually come in for treatment for like maybe low sperm count or uh, morphology issues. We can help with that as well. And um, how we do this is uh, when we actually use acupuncture, it stimulates the central nervous system to release chemicals into the muscles and spinal cord and the brain naturally. The biochemicals that stimulate the body's natural healing abilities to promote physical and emotional well-being. Um, it, basically, we're just kind of guiding the body to heal itself and by reducing inflammation and improved blood circulation. Um, and that's basically how it works. We, we don't treat everything separately, but we treat everything as a whole. So even if we're maybe working on you for fertility, it might actually help you with like maybe stress. Like you'd actually feel a lot more, you know, calmer during treatments or during treatment, uh, throughout your whole, you know, life. Um, so that's usually how it works. So, and not everyone gets the same kind of protocol, right? It depends on where you're struggling. So it's not like every patient who um, it has like diminished ovarian reserve or, you know, has a low egg count or something is going to get the same protocol. It depends on your evaluation. Because I, I know in acupuncturists I've seen in the past, they check your tongue, they check your pulse. So w what's going on when you evaluate the pulse and look at the tongue and that sort of thing? Um, the great thing about Chinese medicine is you treat the person, um, not like a protocol. Like nobody gets like a set set of points. Like, um, you know, maybe you're coming in for PCOS or uh, the next person's coming in for low AMH. We're not going to use the same treatment for each person because we know that we need to actually um, make a whole new protocol for this person because that's how it works. Um, you're getting a whole like uh, guided treatment just for you, made just for you, so that way you have a better result than the next person next to you. So we actually treat them as a whole too. So um, when you're coming for acupuncture, just realize that we're checking your whole body. We check your um, temperature as well. When we touch you, we're checking, is it really hot? Are you cold? If you're cold, that means your blood circulation is not doing well. Um, we check your um, pulse. Pulse kind of gives us like an idea of your internal health, um, kind of giving you like a not only just circulation, but maybe like your, your organ function, whether it's working properly or your energy, like are you having enough energy? Are you fatigued? Are you always tired? Are you stressed? Um, we can tell certain things from just taking your pulse. The tongue actually gives us a more like a, a map of like what areas do we need to fix in your body? Is it like your lower abdomen that has issues, your internal organs somewhere? or it's more like, you know, blood pressure, because we can tell from the color of the tongue. Maybe the blood flow is not working well. Um, maybe you're more, um, there's more water tension in the body. So you're not, actually your circulation is not great again. So we really work closely with that. Mm -hmm.
Yeah, because I always wondered whenever I went in to see an acupuncturist and then I was like, oh, what are you seeing on my tongue? I just, I'm like, I'm so fascinated by all of this. And I'm like, what is the pulse tell you? Because they'll, they'll feel like one side than the other sometimes. So it's not just like necessarily one side. So I guess different sides tell different stories or is that what's happening? Yes. So each side is a different organ that we're actually um, checking, you know, like one side would be lung, heart, and kidneys, or your right kidneys. The other side will be like more your um, your heart, liver, and your left kidney. And then each kidney actually represents different part of your uh, vitality, right? It shows like, you know, how are you doing? What, what have you been doing? Have you been partying every night? Or have you been sleeping and taking care of yourself? We can kind of tell like what you've been doing with your your whole lifestyle. And so that gives us an idea like, okay, you need to cut back a little, you need to de-stress, you need to do this and that. So it kind of gives you some guidance from there. And then it kind of gives us an idea of what protocols we should use in our mind. We actually create your protocol uh, as we're talking to you and kind of getting a little bit more information from you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, I know because there's a lot of talk about acupuncture out there, you know, particularly for a lot of us who are over 40, we also have, you know, low AMH and that sort of thing. So um, do you know any of the data and research um, around fertility and acupuncture and IVF success with um, use of acupuncture? Uh, yes, um, there are a lot of studies. I mean, there's more studying that needs to be done. But like I said, it's very hard to actually get a quantitative, like, study because we don't treat everyone the same and not everyone gets the same results using the same protocol. Um, unfortunately, it, that's the thing about Chinese medicine. We, we can't really put a number on it, but there are some promising studies out there that have been shown that um, shows that acupuncture does help with fertility. Um, according to research that was published in 2016 about the impact of whole system TCM in in vitro fertilization outcomes, Whole system means that we actually do the whole Chinese medicine treatment. That includes like herbal medicine, um, some dietary restrictions, and uh, giving you some um, advice about what you should do, like med meditation, um, massage, you know, all those things that we kind of give you, including acupuncture. Um, patients undergoing IBS receive acupuncture and herbal medicine. Uh, they have it in three groups control group, which only had the IBS with no acupuncture. And then the other group is IBS with acupuncture on the day of transfer. And the last group is the whole TCM approach. Um, and the primary outcome of the live birth was that out of 1,069 non-donor cycles, the whole system TCM or the Chinese medicine approach had greater odds of live birth compared to the IBF alone. And um, the outcome of live birth was about 85% increase. So oh, it's actually wow. quite a fascinating uh, research that I have here. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. So that's IVF plus the herbals and, and acupuncture and all that stuff. Like yeah. that's the 85% group that they had everything. Regular like IVF medications, IVF protocols, plus traditional Chinese medicine protocols. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, oh so gosh. actually adding the whole approach actually helps with your whole system to function properly. And that way, hopefully, you know, you will conceive, you have a higher chance to conceive. And then I've mostly worked with a lot of patients that just get the IVF uh, with the IVF with the acupuncture on the day of. 
And that alone actually helps to increase the outcome by 40%. So, I mean, you know, there's many options out there. At least you're getting something when you're actually including acupuncture to it and maybe some lifestyle changes. Yeah. So with the, with that, um, that 85%, uh, number, was it like, were, were they getting acupuncture treatments at a specific, specific time frame? Like, is it weekly? Is it monthly? Is it like? When they're getting the whole system Chinese medicine approach, that means that they're coming in maybe weekly for three months prior to even starting IVF treatments. That actually gives you a better outcome than just coming in like, you know, sporadically or like monthly or on the month of your IVF treatments because then um, it doesn't allow it enough time to actually have enough effect in your body. If you think about it, hormones actually function differently. They're very slow moving. It's very slow in how your body reacts to hormones. It releases hormones very slowly. So the same approach comes to acupuncture. We have to slowly stimulate your body to actually release these hormones not naturally, so that way you actually have a better result. Um, so it's recommended that you come in more often when you're actually doing the whole TCM approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so fascinating. I had no idea the data was so compelling <laughs> for doing yeah, acupuncture yeah. and uh, there's, IVF. There's more studies that need to be done, but I mean, that's one of the studies that I was able to find. I have a bunch more that I'll link to you just in case you need mm-hmm. more updates. Yeah, no, that'd be great. I'd love to share it with everyone. But yeah, I had no idea. I Like, I thought it would be less, like, more, like, probably, like, the other number you said, more, like, 30, 40%. I didn't know that it was so compelling for, I'm like, well, I guess I better get my act together. <laughs> I guess I got yeah, to see you more often. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, oh, well, maybe I've been doing this all wrong. Because I don't, I don't know that we... I don't know that any of us talk about it or any of us know. We kind of, you know, because IVF is so expensive anyway. You know what I mean? And I think it's a shame that, you know, acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine um, isn't something that can be covered with your, you know, regular health plan because it is expensive. It's an additional cost. So it does cost more to to add it on to your treatment already. But, um, you know, for some of us who are over 40 who are running low on time and options. And, um, you know, like I, I think about it and I'm like, well, I don't know, a round of IVF costs this many dollars. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, well, maybe if I tack on a little bit, then I, maybe I can get away with less rounds of um, IVF and maybe I'll have greater success. But I mean, so hard. It's a tough, tough decision to make. I know. I understand. And I usually feel that way for patients too. I know that like, you know, cost is a, is a factor because IVF alone is very expensive. And then now you're yeah. adding on to acupuncture, which mostly fertility acupuncture is not covered by insurance, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, if, if you put in the work, you know, um, it really does help in the long run. You can actually feel your body change as you're using acupuncture for a longer period of time. Um, uh, like my minimum is at least seeing you once a week, right? But actually the recommended time would be twice a week for at least three months prior. Oh, wow. You know, and I know that's way more costly. So usually what I do for my patients is I ask them to come in weekly, the month before their IVF treatments even start, like not even like prepping for simulation cycle, right? You want to come in the month before and I see you weekly and I give you homework. I want you to actually... Stimulate yourself at home by using a moxa. Moxibustion is basically like an incense using a Chinese mugwort. 
and what you do is you simulate certain points that I recommend you to use certain, uh, during certain parts of your cycle. Like let's say ovulation cycle, you use this point. Uh, during like pre-ovulation, you use these points. Post-ovulation, you use these points. It's like very important about the timing because you're trying to regulate your hormonal cycle and, and trying to regulate it enough so that way when you're actually going through IVF, it wouldn't be um, such a big change or drastic change in your body because one, you're going to be hyping yourself up with a lot of hormones already, right? And then you're going to have a lot of symptoms after. You're going to be nauseous. You're going to be bloated. You're not going to feel great. And so with the addition of acupuncture with those treatments and the homework, you're, you're going to, you know, sail through it with less issues. That's my mm -hmm. hope anyway. Yeah. yeah, that's basically what I recommend. Yeah. So, so, um, are my the listeners on on this podcast typically are forty and over, but there are some um, that are younger than forty. But let's start with the forty and over. Our problems tend to be egg quality problems, low AMH. So, what are your recommendations in general for that? Like, what can we do using the principles of Chinese medicine to maybe help with that? Um. Again, uh, usually when we're working with low AMH or, you know, low ovarian, you know, reserve, um, we, we actually ask you to come in for a longer period of time. I, I know it's, it's a lot of timing, but when you get into the rhythm, you could feel yourself change. Um, I, I worked with a lot of patients, you know, nearing 40 and over 40. I actually tell them, like, look, it's going to be a lot of work. But if you put in the work, you might have some good results. Because what we're trying to do is not get a quantity number of eggs. You don't need the quantity. You need the quality at this yeah. point. And so if we can get at least one or two golden eggs, you know, or to fertilize to PGS testing, you know, verifiable. I can't talk right now. But yeah. <laughs> basically, I need it to be like a very good quality embryo. That's all you need to actually get pregnant. And with that, you, you use acupuncture to support your pregnancy right after transfer. And hopefully we can get you past the first trimester with no issues. And that's our worry, you know, like trying to get you past that point. Um, so for these patients, I, I ask for patients, you know, really being open-minded and actually going through with the whole Chinese medicine approach for a longer period of time. I know timing is a worry for you, but... In Chinese medicine, we believe that as long as you have a period, there's still a chance. It doesn't matter the age. It's about whether you still have a period and you haven't gone into menopause. And that really just helps a lot. And even with acupuncture alone helps with um, kind of delaying your menopausal symptoms as well. So with that, it does help. So as far as homework goes for like these 40 year olds, what kind of homework would you give them? Like, like herbs and supplements or dietary changes? What are, what are things that you would recommend for the 40 and over? Yeah, for the 40 and over, I recommend, um, well, usually for all my patients, I give a handout of uh, things that they should eat and things they should avoid, right? Uh, because there's a lot of, you know, being in a modern society with instant gratification, we're eating a lot of more processed food and junk food. I'm going to have a list of saying like, okay, stay away from these foods and eat more of these whole, you know, 30 type of food or keto type food. That is so much more healthier for you and more home cooking. That's the best type of food. You, you can control like what types of seasonings are in there, less preservatives, which is great. You know, I, I know you did a portion about nutrition before and 
that actually is on point of what I would actually recommend for you to eat at home and to do as your homework. The next thing is like herbal concoctions that I make for you. I mean, like uh, I'll be giving you a lot of herbs to kind of help with vitality, kind of helping you um, get more blood circulation to your ovary. So that way uh, your, your follicles would actually be better quality in order enough to retrieve. Um, and of course, moxa. Moxa is moxibustion, like I called it earlier. Um, I will give you a lot of homework and you'll be doing it every day, two to three times a day for like months. And, you know, hopefully we see great results from that. So that's what I would recommend. Mm-hmm. Are there any over-the-counter supplements you recommend? Like, I know there's some, like, some people have told me, like, NAC and I forget what, a, a vitamin D. My old acupuncturist told me vitamin D, NAC. Um, and there were a couple other ones. I can't remember off the top of my head. Vitamin C, I think, was another one. Yeah, um, those are great. Like, usually what I do is you're probably seeing an IVF doctor and they probably told you what type of vitamins you need because they actually did your blood work. Um, which I always say, like, okay, go for it. Those are the ones you probably need. Um, but other things are on case by case. I, I don't want to give you something that you don't need and then you're just, you know, digested and have expensive pee, right? It's, it's just not worth it. Uh, I want to make sure that when I see you, I'm doing a full diagnosis of what you actually need and herbal supplements. Most of the time, if I'm working with, like, low ovarian reserve or low AMH, uh, I automatically give, like, royal jelly, um, uh, basically, royal jelly is the expensive honey that the um, bees actually make for the queen bee. And what does the queen bee do? Make a lot of honeybees. And she has to be fertile and very strong. And so she needs the highest quality of um, nutrients available. And this type of honey that they create, the royal jelly, is full of like um, nutrients in there to kind of help you keep producing follicles. And so that's usually what I would recommend the first thing is like, okay, if you want to work on this, try taking royal jelly for maybe one to two months prior to IVF. And that usually will help you produce more follicles. Actually listed it in a lot of my handouts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as um, you talked a little bit about um, day of transfer acupuncture, what's involved in day of transfer acupuncture? Like what do you, what, What's the goal and what do you try and do with that protocol? Yeah, the day of transfer, I'm really focusing on, well, pre-transfer, I'm really focusing on getting that um, blood circulation towards your abdomen. I'm, I'm trying to make it so that way your hormones um, actually feel more relaxed. Like you're not, Usually when, when a patient comes in, they're very anxious already, right? You're very stressed, anxious, kind of like nervous about the whole um, experience. Maybe it's your first time, maybe it's your third or second time. You know, you're just very nervous. And of course, one, acupuncture helps to de-stress you, right? Kind of calms you down. And then um, we, we don't want you to release any more stress hormones at this point. We're trying to calm you down. Second is get a lot of blood circulation towards your lower abdomen. So that way um, your, your uterus lining can actually hold on to the embryo a little bit better. It creates like kind of a sticky sensation. Uh, We also recommend for you to eat like a pineapple core during this time. And I'll give you the full instructions on that and how to do it on the day of, because I don't want you to overstimulate yourself with pineapple either. Um, And then third is to um, calm your body so that way you don't expel the um, embryo naturally. 
because your body wants to expel anything that's alien or foreign to you. And I, what I'm doing is trying to, um, your immune system response to reduce itself, like stop sending inflammation signals and relax. This is part of you. Please, like, you know, hold on to it. So that's basically what we're doing for the, the transfer acupuncture. So pre, I'm really focusing on your abdomen. Post, I'm more like helping you with blood circulation throughout your whole body. Mm-hmm. And is it for the transfer day, is it pre-transfer and post-transfer you do a session? Or is it, I, or does it, is it only after transfer or is it just before transfer? Or can you do both? Like one where you do pre and post and one where you just do pre or one where you just do post? So usually it's recommended that you do your pre-acupuncture 24 hours within that 24-hour window of getting that transfer. So um, as long as you do it within that 24 hours, you should have some sort of response. Of course, the closer the acupuncture treatment is with your IVF um, transfer, it's better, of course. It just kind of works better because then we just stimulated you, your, your hormones are running well, your circulation is running well, that's the best time to actually do the transfer. And right after transfer, we recommend that within those 24 hours after the transfer, you get another acupuncture treatment to help increase your chances of conceiving. Um, so, of course, you know, the closer it is to after your transfer, the better. But if you can fit it throughout that, like, 24 window, it's better than nothing. So that's what I would usually recommend during that time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then, so... I, I had a hard time. I only ended up finding, and this was back in like 2018, I only ended up finding a fertility acupuncturist because I think someone else had recommended it to me. But um, is there like a place we can go to to find an acupuncturist that specializes in fertility or does it matter? Do we need one that specializes in fertility? Can we just see like a regular Chinese, uh, traditional Chinese medicine practitioner? What's the thought on that? Um, basically, all acupuncturists are qualified to actually treat fertility because, again, we treat the body as a whole. If something is off, uh, we treat that part, and somehow your body just functions, again, very well, right? Um, but, of course, I do recommend a specialist, though, because at least they kind of understand your struggles, what you're going through, your IVF cycle, um, your hormonal cycles, and how it functions, and how, what to expect especially working with IVF centers. Uh, so they kind of know what to do and how to do it. So if, if you're going to find a specialist, you know, if acupuncturist, find a specialist. It's probably better than finding just a regular acupuncturist that maybe specializes in like pain or um, cancer treatments. You know, it, maybe find someone that specializes. It just works better with your schedule, helps you understand the IVF cycle. Because sometimes when you're going through IVF, you're really confused with what's going on. They just kind of give you a calendar of all the, the shots and the drugs you should be taking and when to go in for treatment. You get a little bit scattered, right? And then sometimes the acupuncturist will know where you are in your cycle, like, oh, okay, I know what you're doing. Don't worry. You're fine. Let me do some acupuncture points to help stimulate these hormones to function to supplement the, the drugs that you're taking, you know, or, or maybe these drugs will have these symptoms that might cause you to get like nausea or bloating. I'll use some points to help reduce the bloating as well. You know, so it's really nice to go to someone who understands what you're going through. Um, and the best place to find those are one, acupuncture that says um, they specialize in fertility, or two, you can actually look 
at um, the IBS centers that you're going to, maybe they have a list of qualified acupuncturists that they work with. At least you know that, you know, they're within the system and they know what the IBS center is doing and how to incorporate their acupuncture with that. Or there's another place that you can look at for a fertility acupuncture specialist. Um, it's a ABORM. It's basically A-B-O-R-M.com or org. And I'll send you a link. And basically, there's a, a tab with a bunch of acupuncturists from all around the world that specialize in fertility acupuncture. And you could, you know, contact them through there. They'll have their contact information. And maybe you could find one that's closer to you to work with you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just like anything else, there's, you know, always really great uh people that do their job and there's kind of like, ah, so-so ones. So how can we tell if we have a really good acupuncturist? Um, I think it kind of goes with your gut feeling, right? Like if you meet this person and you're like, wow, I really like, you know, her treatments. It made me feel really good. And she seems like she really cared about me. I would say that's pretty good, you know, intuition that maybe this is the right acupuncturist for you. If you're going to an acupuncturist that maybe had you know, great experience, but you don't have any connection, maybe that might not work better for you. Because then one, maybe they don't talk to you when they're doing the treatments. They don't explain to you what's going on or um, ask you any questions or, you know, knowing what you are going through during your cycle. I I think you always have to have that connection with your practitioner and, and have that trust, you know, that, that goes in between like a, like a like practitioner and you. So that way, you know that you're in good hands. So yeah. that's kind of my thought for that. Are there any like red flags? Are there things that we should look out for that you're like, oh, maybe not so good? <laughs> well, one is like, if you don't feel great after the treatment, maybe like more aches and pains or just not feeling well during treatment, I would say that's one red flag there. Um, another one is if they didn't really have too much experience in uh, fertility. Like if, if you talk to them about, you know, um, certain hormones or certain, um, symptoms that you're going through right now in your cycle and they don't seem to understand, then maybe they are not specialized in that area. And maybe you could find like someone who really understand what you're going through. So that's my take on that. I mean, most acupuncturists, even if they say that they're not specialized in fertility, they can probably treat you well, just as well. They, they mm-hmm. kind of look at you as a whole, but if you're mm-hmm. not feeling any connection with them at all, I would say find someone who does. Mm-hmm. Are there like questions we should ask, like when we see an acupuncturist? Um, one would be maybe experience and then um, maybe experience with what you're going through. Like maybe uh, low AMH, have they had experience increasing AMH levels? Um, have they worked with any patients or fertility patients or pregnant patients throughout the whole process? Um, that would be the first thing I want to know. Maybe like... Um, where they came from like maybe uh, they went to a different type of school or maybe they have like some experience or um, externships in these programs that specialize in these um, concentrations like gynecology that'd be great to know as well to to know this one's qualified to treat you yeah so those would be great questions to ask Mm -hmm. okay no that's fascinating I mean like I when I first started I had no idea <laughs> no idea um how to find an acupuncturist and honestly how i found a fertility one was just because someone else had given me a name they're like you should try this we've heard good things i'm like oh okay i don't know so it's always good to know like if you if, if maybe you didn't have a center that really 
um, believe strongly or supported the use of acupuncture and you still wanted to try it, then these tips I think would be helpful for some people who are kind of maybe feel like they're on your own and, and they don't, you know, have, they don't have a way or understand how to find a good acupuncturist. So I think it's helpful to share that. So thanks so much for doing that. Um, no problem. So for, like I said, a lot of us are over 40. Is there anything else you recommend for us who are over 40? Anything we need to consider when we see an acupuncturist? Anything we need to ask about or anything we need to bring up as, as people being over 40? Or other treatments? Other treatments, yes. So basically there's um, other things that I recommend. Like, of course, if you see a nutritionist, that's always great. Kind of get your blood work done. That maybe if you're not going through IVF, but you're going for fertility in general, maybe get some blood work done, maybe get some uh, fertility treatments done. Just make sure that, you know, maybe your um, tubes aren't obstructed. That's very important because some people don't know. And then maybe that's one of the reasons why you're not getting pregnant. Um, so getting those checkups done before going to your acupuncturist would be extremely helpful because then it kind of gives us a guide of uh, structurally, is there anything wrong, you know, with your reproductive system? Of course, not just for women, we're also looking at this sperm analysis as well. We want to see, is your husband creating enough, like, you know, is there a low sperm count or is there a morphology issue? What else can we do to help with this, you know? Because when we have this information, it just makes our um, questioning a lot easier. Because when we actually uh, do our initial intake, we, we ask for all these information. Some people come in very unprepared, like, oh, um, I don't know any symptoms of my period. Oh, yeah, you're right. I do have a lot of cervical mucus around this time. Oh, I do have a lot of spotting. I just realized that. You know, like coming in with like all this information, like um, your uh, basically your hormone levels, um, your T TSH levels would be very helpful as well. Or having a chart of like, you know, your regularity of period, like when are your cycles? Is it like regular? Is it irregular? Having these information gives us a lot of clues to how we can help you. Or even like um, your symptoms when you're having a period. Do you get a lot of cramps? Is it debilitating? A level of one out of 10, is it that bad? Do you have a lot of low back pain? Do you have like headaches, like hormonal headaches or tension headaches that um, correlates with your period? Because that tells us a lot of information about your hormonal health as well. Um, so getting that work done is great. And then actually seeing a nutritionist actually helps too, because then um, they'll kind of tell you like, oh, you're deficient in these levels, and maybe take more vitamin D or more vitamin C, or you're, you're kind of anemic, maybe have more iron. That really helps out as well. But acupuncturists can see that too. But it's nice to have that, you know, in our records. Um, and then to uh, help with acupuncture, it's also great too if you can find um, a prenatal massage therapist. Uh, because if you think about it, our core holds a lot of our vital organs, our liver, our spleen, our reproductive system, and our digestive system is all there. But when we go get a massage, we always get it for you know our limbs, but we don't really take care of our abdomen, which is the most important part. It, you know, um, so if you can find like a prenatal massage therapist that, that actually focuses on the abdomen, that really helps out a lot because what it does helps reduce a lot of inflammation that happens in your core. Um, as well as like maybe some scar tissue uh, that you may have from like trauma or past surgeries. It helps to kind of um, kind of soften it up and, and kind of loosens the muscles, which really helps with your reproductive health. Or if you can find it, it might be like a unicorn in the forest 
but maybe you could find a chine sang or abdomin abdominal massage therapist. They're, they're different types. Um, I know that there's a Chinese medicine type, which focuses on the different organs and acupressure points on the abdomen. And they massage that area for you to kind of help you um, function better, especially during your period, like cycles day one to three is the best. But there's also, um, I've heard of Mayan massage, which is very similar to Chinese abdominal massage. So if you can find someone who specializes in that, uh, and then you add acupuncture on top, it's like a really great um, whole treatment of TCM approach that you can actually do for yourself. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm, I'm sure this comes up a lot too, but having had acupuncture, the needles are very small and they don't bother me that much. Some days in my cycle, I feel them way more than others. And sometimes, you know, when you put them a little bit deeper, I'm like, whoa, I can definitely feel that. But for the most part, I don't notice it. But there will be some people that are really like needle phobic or really averse to needles. Is acupressure an alternative to acupuncture? Or what do you say for people who maybe are considering or maybe very curious about acupuncture, but are somewhat needle phobic and are like, oh, I don't know about all these needles sticking out of me? Um, I, I hope that they'll get around to it. I, I mean, I don't mind that they try like acupressure massage. Um, but of course, go to someone who specializes in um, prenatal massage or prenatal acupressure massage. I would say because um, what happens is they have to know what you're going through and understand which points to use in order to use acupressure. Because one wrong acupressure point can actually cause a miscarriage or could cause other issues in your body, right? Like maybe um, it doesn't cause harm, I would say, but it, it doesn't function better than acupuncture, unfortunately. Because then we're working with the surface level and the muscle. Um, so acupuncture works a little bit deeper because what it does is it needles into the muscle um, and then stimulates the muscle with the acu uh, like a trigger point. And what that does is stimulates the, the nerve fiber that surrounds the muscle that goes back to your central nervous system and sends a signal to your brain like, hey, send more of this hormone, we're low on that, or send more serotonin, this person's more like sad lately, or you know, a lot of different hormones are functioning better because it, it stimulates your brain. Acupuncture does work, but to a certain extent. And so I would hope that, like, maybe open your mind to the possibility of acupuncture. Maybe ask the acupuncturist to use, like, a thinner needle or a thinner gauge of needle and um, just use, like, maybe fewer needles. You know, maybe we could start off with few needles and then work your way up. I've had patients that had needle phobia, like, which would scream every time I put a needle in, but they worked through it. You know, I just did very gentle manipulation. And within maybe three treatments or four, they kind of know what to expect and their bodies relax at this state because they've been feeling like, you know, some of the benefits of acupuncture already. Mm -hmm. They are no longer afraid after a while. It actually takes some time. It's kind of like mind over body kind of um, control. Like you, once you know what to expect, it's no longer scary. So I'm hoping that people would, you know, get over that. But of course, if you cannot, acupressure is better than nothing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So as far as the needles go, does changing the gauge of the needle affect the treatment? Like, is it stimulating it less if you go down to a smaller, uh, to, oh, I guess, if you use a smaller needle? Um, yes, uh, it does have less of an effect. It's not a strong stimulation, but it's still stimulating something. It's just going to be slower. 
so let's say if I needle like a really thin needle, I, we usually call it like a child's needle. It's very thin. Uh, we, we needle it in. You, you won't feel too much. Most people would just feel like a light prick or maybe like a little itch, you know, and it's gone. Um, but when we're stimulating that, it's not going to be as strong as the usual needles that we use, but it's still stimulating the nervous system. So that's our goal is to stimulate the nervous system enough where it sends signals throughout your brain to work your body better. Um, so, yes, we can use thinner needles and you will still get some sort of effect. And it's better than, you know, having no acupuncture at all. Yeah. And you can always work up, right? Like you said, you can work up from like a thinner needle and just like slowly work up to the larger needle so that maybe like you can get the full effect. Yeah. Um, actually, we don't even need to use like a thick needle at all. We don't need to work up that much. Just just enough to create a stimulation effect. Um, we don't need to use the thicker needles. We only save that for the athletes who have really thick muscles and really big builds. You know, those are the types that we're actually going to use like maybe longer or thicker needles because we actually need to penetrate the skin. So their skin is very thick. For most of us, especially fertility, our skin is actually, you know, very supple and you know, good blood circulation, there's some elasticity there. So you, you won't really feel too much either way. Yeah. So we don't need a thick needle or anything. So do you find, because, you know, since you've worked in fertility, do you find that what you're doing for people under 40 is different than what you're doing for people over 40? Does your focus change a little bit? A little bit. I mean, uh, for younger, I would say because they're maybe more youthful, depending what they did in their life. If they were, you know, um, not treating their younger years very well, then they would age a little bit more, maybe in their 30s, right? So depending what you've been doing, uh, we treat you a little bit differently. So that goes the same for 30 to 40 year old. If you took care of yourself the whole life, you did a lot of yoga, you worked out, you exercise, a lot of meditation, then even at your 40, your body still acts as if maybe it's 30 or 35, maybe just need some help. Um, so I've seen like patients who are like 25 and they have a body of like a 35 year old, right? So it really depends how you treat yourself. And so of course we give a lot of guidance to how to take better care of yourself, how to you know, have more vitality. So that way we can actually have better effect with acupuncture. And yes, we do treat you a little bit differently, and most likely for the older patient, you need more treatment than the younger folks. But I've had some patients who react to acupuncture really well. And, you know, within a couple of treatments, maybe one or two months, they had great results. And then I've had younger folks who I would assume would actually re, uh, react much better, would take longer effect and then have good results. So depending on the person. You know, it depends on their constitution on how long we need to treat them in order to feel the results. Mm -hmm. And I know it's kind of hard to think off the top of your brain, but um, do you know of any, have you had any 40-year-olds that you can think of that did really well with acupuncture and maybe IVF or just acupuncture by themselves or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, one of my longtime patients I've worked with for almost about two years She's um, 40, 41 when I first saw her, and she had low AMH. Um, she had 0 0.07 AMH. Oh, my gosh. That was, yeah, that was extremely low. And at that time, she was freaking out already, and I completely understood, right? So I just told her, like, okay, you know, this is really low. But, again, don't count on AMH because they do change constantly depending on where you are in your cycle. So it's not like a, this one number and that's it, you know? 
um, it will change. So, but it takes some work. And then uh, I told her like, I need to see you almost twice a week for at least a couple months in a row to see if we can increase the EMH levels. And during that time, she's already going through IVF. She had um, multiple IUIs, failed IUIs. She had already three IVF transfers, all failed. And her um, embryo count was very low and not high quality already. So she was gonna give it another three more uh, cycles of retrievals and hopefully to get high quality embryos to transfer at that time. So I was like, okay, give me at least two months. You know, let me work on your egg quality first. And so I saw her religiously two times a week, every week for a couple months. And within three months, her AMH level, actually it took a little longer than that because it, it took some time. It was during the holidays. She took some time off. Um, it okay. took about like five months before we saw an increase in AMH level, but she worked hard for it. And then um, she was able to retrieve four high quality embryo PGS tested and oh. um, her AMH level went to a 0 0.07 to a 0.5, which is very oh, impressive wow. for her age. You know, it fits the yeah. average, right? So she was very happy with the results. And the next worry was the transfer, you know, whether it's going to be successful or not. She only had four high-quality embryos to transfer. And um, I think, yes, the first embryo transfer was a success, and she had a baby boy who's about, Aww. I think, two or three years old now. And then um, she just recently transferred last year a second embryo, and she just recently gave birth earlier this year to another baby boy. Oh, my gosh. And so, oh I know, it, it's very heartwarming, but she worked really hard on it. I spent two years on her, and we, we see a result. So I always ask for patience. You know, I know it's going to take a lot of time and work, but if you work at it, I think you will see some results. And what, what kind of changes did you do? Was it like diet? Was it because another thing that we should probably think about is sleep, too. I'm terrible with sleep. I don't sleep far enough. But like what kind of changes did you encourage her to make? Like what were the things you focused on with her? Because with an AMH of 0 0.07, that's I mean, you know, that is pretty low. That's very low. It's very concerning um, for her. It was basically she had allergies. She's allergic to cats. She had three cats. <laughs> oh. And so she was taking a lot of allergy medicine. And, of course, when you're taking a lot of Western medicine, it does drain you a little bit, right? And out of that, she wasn't sleeping. She had a lot of congestion. She was extremely stressed. She, um, in her past life, she worked as um, some sort of consultant. She was, she was traveling a lot, having a lot of dinners with her clients, drinking often, smoking often, like social smoking. Um, and then right when she uh, was ready to have a family, she stopped all of that and decided not to work anymore and try to spend a lot of time on herself because she realized that she was, she needed a lot of help. At a 0 0.07, that's a lot of like um, drain on her, you know, there's no more vitality in her. So I told her she needs to change her diet. She needs to um, work on a low inflammatory diet, um, a lot of protein, a lot of fiber, a lot of moxa as well, and uh, some herbs. And she had a cocktail of supplements that her doctor recommended to kind of help increase her EMH. Of course, she took all of it religiously. And it took months, but she was able to increase it slowly. So yes, there is a lot of things that you need to change in your lifestyle. One is sleep. We do need high quality sleep in order to feel more revitalized for our day, you know, and not only that, just to feel 
healthy in general because when you don't sleep, your body, it like its immune system reduces and you can actually feel it. Like maybe you start feeling more sickly in the morning. Maybe you have more allergies in the morning. Maybe you just feel like fatigued or exhausted. So sleep is very important. And so usually I try to ask people to sleep prior to 11 uh, p.m. if possible because okay. in Chinese medicine, there's something called an organ clock. Um, certain times of the day, uh, your organ functions a little bit better, right? And so let's say 12 o'clock is lunchtime. You should be eating at that time. If you uh, missed your lunch, you're, you're not going to be feeling your best in the afternoon, right? Or um, so at 11 o'clock is liver time. Liver is in charge of detoxification of the blood, kind of helps with hormone production. It's a storage system as well. So if you're constantly sleeping past 11, watching movies, Netflix, they're on your phone, you're kind of cutting into the liver time when it should be functioning at its prime when you're sleeping because that's when, when your body has enough energy to actually do the circulation and clear out your blood system. But instead, we're like up and about, maybe going clubbing, maybe dancing. That really takes an effect on your health. Even like uh, if you're doing it chronically, it's even worse. So when you actually change your lifestyle to sleep a lot better, you can feel your body feeling healthier. You wake up early, rejuvenated, you know, ready to start the day. That's kind of what we're going for. And the healthy diet also helps reducing processed foods, sugar elimination, great. You know, all those things really help as a whole. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm totally guilty. I like I go to bed at like you're gonna hate this I go to bed at like 2 a.m like I I know I know I know I because I love I love being up late I don't know what it is but I like I'm just built for nighttime I feel like I just do really like I'm just like at 10 p.m is when I'm like woo, let's get going like let's do stuff (laughs) like you know so at 10 o'clock I feel that way but I'm like I know especially when I'm working um so when I'm when I actually have to be at work, I have to be up early. And so I don't go to bed that late when I have to actually be at work. I actually go to bed earlier, but I still am not getting the amount of sleep that I think I probably should be getting. Um, yeah. And there was this study that came out and I didn't get to hear all the details about it, but apparently it's important. <laughs> but Dr. Rahi Victory, he was um, he had a little thing about that. So I'll have to find that to put up and I'll have to find it to read it. But um, yeah, I definitely have to get more sleep. It's on it's on my list of things to do. I know we've had this conversation before. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, always remember it's about the quality of sleep, not the quantity. It doesn't matter if you slept for just six hours. If you had quality sleep where you slept from 10.30 p.m. to, like, I don't know, 5 a.m., and you feel fine, that's mm-hmm. fine. It's, okay. It's depending on the person, each person is different. Some people require eight to nine hours of sleep. Other people require five to six hours of sleep. But, you know, as long as they have the quality in there, you're still getting some good function going on, and your circulation should be great. So as long as you feel fine with that quality sleep, that's great. So with acupuncture, what I really focus on on each patient is first thing I always ask, like, how's your sleep? You yeah. know, like, have you been sleeping well? You know, are you how are you feeling? Are you are you feeling more tired than usual? And I'm hearing like, oh, yeah, I was stressed. I couldn't sleep. I, could, I was too anxious. You know, I'm like, OK, I'm going to work on your sleep. So usually that's the next point that I use, like sleep. I really want to make sure that you're sleeping well and your quality of sleep is better because that way you're actually functioning better and then you have better results. Mm-hmm. So it's not every time is not always geared towards just the fertility part, not just geared towards the uterus and ovaries. It's a bunch of other stuff too to kind of help 
hopefully bring your body in a better um, state so that um, you can have a, I guess, better circulation to your um, ovaries and uterus. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Because in Chinese medicine, we treat the person as a whole, not just a separate entity, right? We're not just treating your ovaries and uterus. We're treating you as a whole. And in a result, your uterus and ovaries should function well when your body is functioning well. Because then that's how a normal person should react. It's like if you're healthy, you will be healthy. You know, there shouldn't be anything other issues, right? But if like something is wrong, we, we will fix the body as a whole. And that issue would resolve itself because we believe that um, a person, the person has their own natural ability to heal themselves. It yeah. just requires some effort and time. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I have some questions from um, our wonderful listeners and um, let me bring these up. Are you okay answering these questions? Can we do that? Of course. Okay. All right. Okay. Question number one. Um, is it okay to not go weekly? go to acupuncture treatments weekly? Um, so like I said earlier, it's recommended if you can come in twice a week, that's like the, you know, ideal, right? But if you can come in weekly, that's better. You will get some results, especially if you're very close to doing an IVF transfer. I highly recommend coming in regularly because that way you might actually have a better result during your whole process. And not only that, less stress going into it. It's a lot of, you know, mental stress that you're going through when you're going through these process. And so with acupuncture, we help kind of relieve all that as well as helping you get enough blood circulation to your abdomen. Um, so I recommend weekly, if possible, at a minimum, if you're going through fertility treatments or if you're trying to get pregnant until you get the desired results. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then if you can't, is every other week okay? That's still uh, better than nothing? or yeah, Exactly. It's better than nothing. Okay. If you can come in maybe once every two weeks or twice a month, better than nothing. Ask for homework. Ask for um, the acupuncturist to give you something to do at home if you cannot come in often. You know, like maybe they'll recommend like, oh, yes, do more meditation. You know, really focus on meditation or like a prenatal meditation. That usually is better than nothing. Or maybe change your diet, make sure you're eating tons of, you know, protein and leafy greens, you know, follow those instructions. Or moxa, I usually tell all my patients to moxa and and do it often now. I constantly change the points depending on where they are in the cycle or what I expect them to be in this period of time that they're going to be gone. Or, you know, if they're having allergies, like, okay, please use this. Or if you haven't been sleeping, please use these points to help you sleep. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then um, I think you answered this too, but I'll let you answer this one. Um, How often and for how long should you do acupuncture prior to IVF? Um, Again, according to study, it's recommended three months in advance before even thinking about, you know, going into IVF or even starting the stimulation medication. Um, That way you have better results. It allows your body some time to react to acupuncture and that you function better before you actually go into the whole process. Because when you're going into a whole simulation cycle, it's a whirlwind, you know, like time just flies by so fast. You're, you're at this, you know, appointment and that appointment. It's a lot of things going on for your body. And, and sometimes your body needs some time to react. And so with acupuncture, it makes it kind of like a smooth transaction, you know, like a transition into it. So yes, I rec- recommend at least three months in advance, but if you cannot do three months, at least a month prior minimum. 
you know, we have to get your body adjusted to acupuncture and the IVF treatments before actually going into it. Okay, got it. And well, I guess this is not, that's probably the same if you wanted to freeze your eggs, right? If you didn't necessarily like need to go through IVF, but you just wanted to freeze your eggs, like that, that would be the same idea too, because you still want high quality eggs when you freeze them, right? Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah, we want to send all that blood c- circulation towards your ovaries. So that way, um, the, the best follicles survive and will get retrieved. And so that's yes. kind of our goal. So the earlier you come in, the better. But of course, at a minimum, one month. <laughs> Okay, got it. All right. And then um, this question is, should I see an acupuncturist who doesn't specialize in infertility or will it only help with stress? I think we answered that too, but I'll, I'll let you answer that one too. I mean, like if, if, if you have a connection with this acupuncturist and you seem to be functioning well and having some great results with an uh, acupuncturist that doesn't specialize in fertility, that's fine. You know, because again, acupuncturists treat you as a whole. We don't treat you as a system or like a part, you know, and so... Yes, if you feel a connection and it's working well for you, no problem. If you have the opportunity or a chance to meet uh, acupuncturists that specialize in fertility, then sure, go ahead because this person's going to know what you're going to go through, how you're going to be feeling throughout your cycle, or what you get, what drugs you should be taking, um, or how you react to those drugs and how they should treat you for that. Then great, if you can find a fertility specialist, that's even greater. But it doesn't really matter if the only acupuncturist near you um, that specialize in other options can also treat for uh, fertility. So it should be okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this next question asks about whether or not you should do acupuncture with IUI. Oh, yeah, for sure. We treat fertility um, as just fertility. We, we're not thinking, because in Chinese medicine, we never had IVF in the past. We never had mm-hmm. IUI or that concept of it. We're just treating you to be at your best healthy state. So that way, when you're actually going through this process, it should be a higher chance of conceiving. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going for IUI and you want to see acupuncturists, that's even better than not seeing acupuncturists. Maybe your chances will increase maybe by, you know, 30 to 40%. And IUI in Chinese medicine mind is natural pregnancy. It's like not mm-hmm. assisted really, you know? So mm-hmm. if you think about it, it's, there's less obstacles in the way, and then uh, it should help out further. Um, especially mm-hmm. if you tried IUI several times with uh, no success, maybe acupuncture is the way to do it, and maybe try coming in at least a month prior before doing that IUI. Mm-hmm. And then is that the same if it's a medicated IUI? Like if they're going to do like hormones and stuff with their IUI, same kind of deal, right? You would still want to come yes. a month ahead of time. Okay. Yes, that's okay. correct. Um, all right. This other, this next question: um, When in your cycle should you schedule visits during IVF? Um, again, uh, the sooner the better. So once you know that you're doing IVF, I would recommend just finding an acupuncturist or a specialized acupuncturist that can help you throughout the process. Um, but if you know um, you're just open to IVF transfer on the day of, we have that as well. There's an acupuncturist that can help you with that process as well. But yes, if you could schedule sooner, maybe a month or three months prior would be better. Um, I what about like certain days of the cycle, uh, like you know day day whatever day five stimulation, day ten stimulation. Does it matter when during your stimulation that you see an acupuncturist? Um, again, at that point, I would hope that you're coming in weekly, um, at least to see an acupuncturist, or at least biweekly, uh, or even like twice a month. 
um, that mm-hmm. should be fine. You can actually see acupuncturists anytime during your IVF cycle at all, and they should be able to help you throughout the process. It's, it's like it, it doesn't hurt. You know, acupuncture, it doesn't cause any side effects or anything. So, yes, you can definitely see acupuncturists any time of your cycle. So it should be fine. Okay. Okay, so nothing specific. It's not like, you know, you have no. better outcomes if you come day seven stimulation or whatever. Oh, no, yeah, but it's, it's great if you can actually get the IVF uh, acupuncture on the day of, you know, so because that way at least you get that 30, 40% chance, you know, maybe it might help. Yeah. Okay, this next question says um, or asks, how do you know if you have a good acupuncturist? I've had two with very different approaches. Um, like... For acupuncturists, there could be many protocols that we can use to kind of help a patient, right, um, to achieve the same goal. We can use, like, multiple different pathways to help treat. So, yes, there could be different thoughts and uh, maybe um, treatment protocols that they use, but I'm sure that they're using it to achieve the same goal. So no matter which acupuncturist you decide to choose, they should all work. Okay. Uh, this next question asks about uh, the protocol for low AMH or low antral follicle count. Oh, so um, basically a lot of the points that we'll be using for low AMH is, of course, going to be guided towards your abdomen, depending where you are in your cycle. Um, and we basically try to stimulate the ovaries to react better and actually produce high, higher quality follicles. So... Um, that's basically our guide, our, our kind of our focus during that time. So when we want to increase your uh, AMH, we're going to be using a lot of abdomen points. Mm-hmm. Okay. So really geared towards the abdomen, ovaries, uterus, try and bring blood mm-hmm. flow there. Yeah. Uh, the, the acupuncture points that are geared towards that area. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay, here's a question. Um, any recommendations for acupuncturists in the Los Angeles area? Do you know anyone in the Los Angeles area? Um, I There's a few that I was able to find that I, I actually have some sort of um, relation with. Like, I kind of know of them. Never that I met them or anything. But there's a really famous doctor in Pasadena. Uh, his name is Robert Chu. He specializes in, like, cancer patients as well as fertility. Had great results. Um, I've heard about him and I've actually learned from him from a lot of CEU courses, which is continued education courses. He's very qualified, has a lot of experience. And um, so I, I would actually recommend, you know, calling out to him. He's in L.A. But if you're actually looking, um, if you want a, a list, I would recommend going to aborm.org, A-B-O-R-M.org. And then you could look up California and they will list out like uh, sections of California that you could find fertility specialists in the area. So those are oh, very okay. helpful to find. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, the next question is recommended acupuncture sessions per week. You said two, right? Two is optimal. Yes. Yes. Two is optimal if they can't afford it. I know it's very expensive and I know that when you're going through IVF, it's um, financially hard, right? Mm-hmm. So at least weekly at that point. Okay. Especially when you're nearing your IVF cycle, if possible. Okay. Um, and then this next question, is it more effective to pair acupuncture with Chinese herbs? Yes, because now you're, you're using the whole TCM approach or t- traditional Chinese medicine approach. You're using their whole advice, which is like the herbal concoctions, concoctions that they make, which is the supplements. Um, they'll give you a dietary you know, guidance 
acupuncture. Sometimes they'll even include like abdominal massage. It's the whole approach and you should actually have a higher chance of conceiving with that. According to the study that I said back in 2016, yeah. it shows like a higher percentage than if you were just to get acupuncture or without acupuncture. Mm -hmm. And then um, how is acupuncture different for retrieval versus transfer prep? So retrieval is basically we're really focusing on ovaries and blood circulation, and we're trying to get your ovaries to produce high-quality uh, follicles to retrieve. And so, yes, we, we also want to make sure that your stress levels are low during this time because stress causes your reproductive system to kind of shut down. Um, and so we're trying to do a lot of things, your whole body approach, to kind of make sure that your body's functioning well to create high-quality eggs. Um, and then for mm -hmm. transfers, we're really focusing on your whole body circulation to make sure that it's running properly. Your lining is going to be thick and full and luscious, so that way it creates a beautiful nest for that fetus that you're going to transfer. Um, so it's, it's like a different approach, but the same as well, because then, again, we're treating as a whole and not just sections of your body or even cycles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and then uh, should we drink red date and goji berry tea post-period to nourish back the blood? Um, it really depends on the person's constitution. And I'll leave that to the, your acupuncturist to decide because um, there's some people that cannot take uh, red dates or pomegranate juice. Maybe they're, it's too thick or too sweet for them or, um, you know, maybe their stomach can handle it. There's a lot of dietary restrictions sometimes out there. And so maybe they can actually offer you another alternative to kind of help you blood build, basically that's what we call it, or blood, blood building um, mm -hmm. herbs. Uh, we actually have herbal supplements to kind of help with, um, with your lining as well as like kind of replenishing your blood supply after your period. Um, that's a great way to do it. And another thing that I usually recommend for uh, non-vegetarians and vegans is bone broth. Bone broth is like, uh, amazing tonic that anybody can take to help boost their immune system as well as their blood building uh, effect. And so if you can drink bone broth often and have a, like a good source, mm -hmm. now I would actually recommend drinking that very often as well because that actually helps to build bone and blood. And when you build bone, you build blood as well. So it, it has like a correlation mm -hmm. to each other and a great connection. So that's what I would recommend. And if you, should you mention like problems like during your period like if you know you notice more clotting is that an issue with blood is that something you need to talk about oh yes for uh when you actually have your consult with your acupuncturist whether it's uh, prior to your treatment or your initial consultation you always mm -hmm. uh they always ask about like the cycle and how is it are you bleeding a lot is it really heavy how many days do you bleed for is it clotty do you have these symptoms those are very important questions that we normally ask so we know how your cycle is actually functioning. So if you're actually very clotted, that means that your, your lining is not shedding properly. We have to help you shed it properly so that way your new lining that actually grows is a lot much, much more fuller and thicker and has better blood circulation towards it. So that way it's easier chance for you to conceive. So there's a lot of things that are that's in our mind when we're actually hearing these um, you know, symptoms that you have during your period, your PMS, or do you have moodiness? Are you angry all the time during this time? Are you craving for sweets? Are you mm -hmm. craving salty? Those are very important for us. Minor details, but very helpful for your treatment as well. 
So yes, tell that to your acupuncturist and they will help you guide you through it. Okay. Um, cupping, is it an added benefit to acupuncture if you do cupping and acupuncture together? Yes, but it depends on where you are in your cycle and whether uh, you had your transfer or IUI. So usually after transfer and IUI, we will not touch your body with any cups. <laughs> Unfortunately, okay. I know that it, cupping, is, it feels great, but uh, we do not want to uh, stimulate any points because cupping is quite a large surface area. And maybe we don't want to like stimulate certain points because it could cause miscarriage or maybe cause like other issues during that time because your hormones are kind of like functioning well during this time. It's like your blood circulation um, increases twofold. Mm -hmm. um, and then so if with minor stimulation, you can actually cause something to happen. Mm -hmm. So during that time, I don't recommend cupping, but acupuncture is okay to, um, to do, but make sure that your acupuncturist knows that you just finish IUI or IVF because okay. then they'll select points that are pregnancy safe. That's very important. Oh, but okay. yes, cupping is a very good odd that maybe right after um, your period or ovulation time because it makes the process a little bit smoother, helps mm -hmm. uh, kind of release a lot of muscles in your lower abdomen as well as your lower back. So that way you won't feel too much pain or tightness during that time. So mm -hmm. that's great to do as well. But again, make sure your acupuncturist knows where you are in your cycle and what you just did. Okay. A uh, couple more questions. I know we're running out of time. Thank you for sticking with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> we start, okay. We kind of answered this, how to search for a good, trustworthy acupuncturist. I doubt mine. I think if you doubt them, like you were saying, you want to have a good relationship with them. If you're not feeling right with them, then it's, you kind of just got to meet a new one and see if you drive. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's kind of like when you're you're going to shop for like an OB or a doctor, right? You want to make sure that you have some sort of trust between them and communication is great. And if like, you know, it doesn't work well, you should go for a second opinion to someone else. Same with the acupuncturist. Mm -hmm. we're, we're just as like other doctors. If you feel like this person's probably, you know, not qualified to treat you or you feel like there's no um, connection, maybe look for a second opinion. Maybe you actually feel better towards this other person. You know, maybe that might work better for you. And then you feel like you're, you're taken mm -hmm. care of because the most important thing is that you're not stressing throughout this whole process and that you're feeling, you know, yeah. uh, well taken care of during this time because you're going to be very vulnerable yeah. and you're telling them a lot of vulnerable information. So this is very good yeah. to uh, share with someone you trust. So, yes, I would definitely do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, should I continue with acupuncture after transfer? Yes, I recommend it at least until past your first trimester. If your transfer was successful, you know, um, and, you know, most of this time you'd feel like certain things around your body that you're not sure of. I feel some cramping, some bloating, back pain, headaches, nausea that's hormone related. Um, yes, go see a doc, uh, acupuncturist. They can help you with some of those symptoms. Those may be pregnancy signs or it could be progesterone, some of the hormones that you might be taking. But we help guide you through it so that way it's a smooth process and hopefully guide you past the first trimester because once you uh, pass that first trimester, the chances of you um, of your miscarriage is a lot lower. And at that point, we shouldn't be as mm -hmm. worried, right? And then so um, after that, I would recommend coming in monthly just for maintenance after your first trimester. 
that way the acupuncturist check up on you, see if you need anything else and whether they can help you further. Mm-hmm. And even all the way mm-hmm. through your labor, if, if you need to be induced, let's say like your doctor is saying, uh, you know, maybe it's time soon, maybe we should look into induction um, and you don't want you know, to take a chemical induction, you want more of a natural approach, an acupuncturist can help you with that as well. And even after mm-hmm. you give birth um, and you want more healing um, or maybe helping you with uh, lactation, come to an acupuncturist, we can help you with that as well. So throughout the whole women's okay. cycle, we can help you through that. Okay. Um, okay, I think this is the last one. <laughs> this is the last no question. Problem. So, yeah. um, uh, the question is, are there any acupressure points we can do at home? Um, yes. And it depends on what you want to achieve and where you are in your cycle. Um, again, there's certain acupuncture or acupressure points that, uh, are forbidden in acupuncture to use when you're conceiving or when you're, you're trying, um, let's say like, you know, post-ovulation, these points are uh, a no-no to use because, one, they can actually cause a miscarriage because they're actually really strong stimulating points. One of those points would be the one on your, uh, between your index finger and your thumb, and it's kind of like the meaty part of your, the webbing of your hand. And that one's a very famous point. It's, uh, it's great for headaches, for nausea, for digestive issues, bloating, pain. It's wonderful, but do not use it after you've tried that month, like whether it's intercourse, IVF, or IUI, do not press those points. Or there are certain points on your ankles that you shouldn't be pressing as well when, when you're trying to conceive. So when you go to like a foot, you know, massage place or a massage therapist, make sure that mm-hmm. they know that you're going through like some sort of fertility treatment so they can avoid those areas because that's very important not to press during time. Even the nice mm-hmm. points right above your shoulders where, you know, you have a lot of neck tension, those points are actually known mm-hmm. to actually cause miscarriage as well. So again, avoid those points. So unfortunately, I tell most people do not get a massage when you're trying to conceive, <laughs> oh. especially if like, you know, post ovulation, post IUI and post transfer, don't get a massage um, unless you're going to a prenatal massage therapist because they know how to uh, massage the right areas. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh, we went through so much. So if anyone wants to find you, if anyone wants to come see you, if they want more information from you, how do they reach you? How do they connect with you? Yeah, I have an Instagram, uh, though I don't post much. Sorry about that. I'm just really lazy. But <laughs> I still respond. Um, it's uh, Dr. Mimi Acu. That's D-R-M-I-M-I-A-C-U. You can reach me through there. Or you can find me at Better Balance Acupuncture. Our website is obtainbetterbalance.com. And you can reach us there or send us emails and I can respond as well. Um, but yeah, feel free to and don't hesitate to reach out to us for more information. Yeah, no, that's so wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing all this information. I mean, like I know starting this process, I had no idea what was going on. And honestly, I still don't. I'm four cycles in. I finished four cycles and I still have no idea what's going on. And there's so much to learn. And I think there's, it's nice to have different options to try, especially like I said, for us who are over 40, you know, time, like you said, is um, not always on our side. And sometimes neither are our numbers. And with so little control or what we feel like is so little control, you know, anything we can try and do 
to improve our chances, anything we can try and do, feel like we can control and do to kind of improve um, our chances of um, conceiving, I think is a nice option. So thank you so much for sharing all this information. Um, I'm sure there will be more questions and I'm sure there are more topics we can talk about. So hopefully you'll come back and we'll talk more about acupuncture and fertility and how traditional Chinese medicine can help us conceive. Sure. Thank you for having me. I, I'm humbled that you even asked. And I this is a great opportunity to just share the medicine and hopefully people will be more open minded to try it. Yes, yes, for sure. Well, I'm since I've kept you a little longer than um, we had planned. Thank you so much for sticking around. I'm going to let you go, but we'll definitely talk soon. And if anyone has questions, they'll reach out to you. And then um, the links that we talked about, um, I'll, I'll link them to the show and I'll put them on uh, the links in my bio so people have access to that as well. Um, so thank you so much again. I really appreciate your time and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you for having me and I'll send that right over. Have a great day. I want to thank you for tuning in today. I hope you found today's episode helpful. If you want a question or topic covered in future episodes, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at 40 and infertile. Make sure you hit the subscribe button for alerts and new episodes, and I hope to see you back again soon. Bye.